You know, there's a, a lot of things in our lives that we go to a lot of trouble to protect. So I start with the question of what would you protect the most? What's the most valuable thing to you that you'd like to protect in your life? If you had to make a list right now, what would be at the top of the list? Maybe your family? That'd be right up there. Um, <laughs> for some of you, it'd be your credit cards. Um, <laughs> pin numbers. Uh, what else would you protect? You know, we valuable assets that you might have. The $10,000 you've stashed under the bed for a rainy day. <laughs> Maybe no one's got that one. Not these days anyway. We protect our houses, don't we? We have gates, some of us, maybe fences. How many of you have burglar alarms? Yeah, quite a few. We have padlocks, deadlocks, you know, all kinds of insurance. We, we protect these things, and, and so we should. But you know, the Bible talks about something else that we need to protect above everything else. And it's going to surprise you because you don't hear a lot about this. And there's no insurance policy for this one. So we're going to go to Proverbs 4, verse 23. And it reads this. You might want to write this down somewhere. Above all else. Everyone say above all else. Above all else. What? Guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. There's another version of that that says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So what that means is that life flows from your heart. The quality of your heart determines the quality of your life. A good heart a good life, blessed life, peaceful life, enjoyable life. When our heart's gone astray, I assure you we are going to be very miserable people. I want to talk today about something that really damages hearts. Can you guess? I'm going to talk about offenses. Being offended. You know, this pandemic has created a lot of offence. Mandates, passports, shutdowns. What it's done, it's brought division. Relationships have broken up or um, um, strife and all kinds of things. And it all comes down to being offended. Another word for this is holding grudges. They reckon New Zealanders are really good at holding grudges. It's not a, not a high quality to have, is it? But it's, it's true. Now, the Mayo Clinic has done some research on this. And they found this, that grudges significantly shorten your lifespan. Mm. And that science is now telling us that grudges affect our well-being. They add to our stress levels. Not only that, they stop you from your gifts functioning at the highest level. This is by research. When you work in forgiveness, you can fulfill the potential that God has placed 
in your life. Remember this, forgiveness is more about your future than your past. Do you know why? Forgiveness is going to completely dictate your future, whether it's a good one and a blessed one or whether it's a very troubled one. Above all else, you hearing? Above all else, above everything else, guard your heart. Life flows from the heart, from your heart, from the, your inner being. That's where life flows from. So we're going to explore this whole topic today. And I'm going to start with this question. You, know, you may not want to raise your hand. How many of you have been offended at some stage in your life? If there's someone that's not been offended here, you, you're not yet born. You, you cannot be alive. If you've not been, and I'm going to give you a scripture on that very, very shortly. But the person who benefits, this is what I want you to hear. You might think, oh, I'm coming to church to hear about not being offended. Well, <laughs> you may not like this subject. But who benefits the most from forgiveness? Not the person you forgive. They probably don't even care. They're probably on Hawaii on the beach having the time of their lives. You're the one that benefits the most from forgiveness because it sets you free. It sets you free. You know, some people say the unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person suffers. <laughs> no, no, you're the one who suffers more than anyone else. You drink the poison, you end up getting sick. So this is a really important scripture to understand. So here's a verse that I want us to look at right now is Luke 17 and verse 1. Then he, that's Jesus, said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. What, what, what does that mean? Can I translate that into English? <laughs> it means it's impossible that you're not going to be offended. It's going to come. So be ready for it. Prepare for it. When it comes, don't be shocked. <gasps> what on earth has gone on? Jesus said, no, it's going to come. Forewarned is forearmed. So when it comes, you say, yep, thank you, Jesus. I knew it was coming. And then learn to handle it in the right way. And that's what we've got to really um, talk about today. Because if we don't handle offenses well, do you know what's going to happen? We'll end up bitter, unforgiving, and uh, wanting revenge. It's a nasty word, isn't it? Wanting revenge. So we've got to learn how to handle this in the right way. There was a young lady planning to be a missionary. She ends up getting raped, stabbed, and left for dead on the side of the road. Carlton Moore was convicted of her murder, sent to prison. For two years, the mother, Mrs. Hannah, was filled with grief, hatred, anger, bitterness couldn't let it go she goes to a Gideon's meeting they hand out Bibles and in the course of the meeting the uh, speaker said forgive and set yourself free I don't know who I'm speaking to that God is speaking to you through me forgive today and set yourself free 
The Gideon speaker said, we can send Bibles anywhere you want us to. Mrs. Hannah felt very convicted of her hatred, her unforgiveness towards the killer. So it was really hard. She said, it's so hard to do. Went up to the speaker, gave him some money. She said, I want you to send this Bible to Carlton Moore in prison. And I want you to say to Carlton Moore, because Jesus forgives Mrs. Hannah, she forgives you. And because Jesus said, love one another, Mrs. Hannah loves you. After two years, she went home that day. She cried for the first time in two years. In that moment, God set her totally free of bitterness and unforgiveness. When Carlton Moore, the speaker said, received the Bible, he was so overwhelmed by this act of kindness and love and forgiveness that he gave his life to Jesus Christ and he became a minister among the prisoners in prison. That is the power, friends, of forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. I've been thinking about this. If any people on the planet should know how to forgive, it's Christians. It's Christians. The world they don't understand the forgiveness that we've experienced, that we've been forgiven every sin that we ever committed, that we're going to go to heaven because of the power of the blood of Jesus. They know nothing about forgiveness. We, friends, understand forgiveness. And the church should be modeling forgiveness to a lost world and showing a better way and a higher way. It's incumbent on you and for me, friends, to demonstrate to the world, a lost, broken world, forgiveness. Imagine right now if the entire world instantaneously forgave one another. Imagine what would happen. We have wars, conflicts, all that. A lot of it's unforgiveness, a lot of it's bitterness, a lot of it's anger. It would radically transform the entire world. We'd have peace, we'd have joy, we'd have harmony. Everything, you know, whole groups of people, you know, churches would come back together because they went their separate ways because of offenses and unforgiveness. It's time for the church to demonstrate to the world true forgiveness of one another. Do not harbor unforgiveness in your heart because the Bible actually says, if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. And if you are not forgiven, what is gonna be the end of the story, folks? We don't want to go there. We don't want to talk about that. So what do you do when you get a slap on the face? That's very current, isn't it? That's very current. What do you do? Well, you turn the other cheek. But before you turn the other cheek, you expect a slap on the face. Because that's what Jesus said. Offenses may come. Now, the word for offenses is very interesting. When you look it into the Greek, it's actually, it's actually the bait stick. Hey, I've got a mouse trap here, all right? How many of you have ever had mouse in your house? 
It rhymes, eh? I'm not a poet, I know it, but a mouse in the house. Anyway, forget, I won't go there. So, you see that's there. When you put cheese on here, that's a bait stick there. So let me set this. I don't want to damage myself, all right? And so the bait stick lures. <laughs> the bait. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. The bait stick lures the mouse into a deadly trap. An offense lures you into Satan's deadly trap. You don't want to go there, folks. It's a deadly trap. There's few things more damaging in your life than unforgiveness, bitterness, wanting revenge. That's why Jesus said, above all else, let me try and deal with this thing right now. Now, Sam told me how to do it. Ah, there you go. Well done. Are you getting the message? Do not go there. If you have gone there, there is a way out. And we're going to talk about that very shortly. But you see, guarding, against, guarding our hearts against unforgiveness, bitterness, it's really hard work. It's really hard work. But once you make the decision to do it, the grace and power of God kicks in. And He gives you the ability and the power to forgive, to walk in forgiveness. So that it's a power of God, friends. You, you probably can't do it in your own strength, but you can make the decision. I'm going to forgive. When you've made the decision, we talk about, and I've often talked about the two G's, grit and grace. You've got to grit, I will forgive. And then the grace of God kicks in. But if you don't do the grit, the hard yards, then often the grace of God doesn't come in and kick in as we actually want it to. So it's a hard choice to make, but you need to make it. And while you're making that hard choice, can I give you a few other hard choices to make when you're facing uh, an offense or bitterness? Keep reading your Bible. <laughs> keep praying. <laughs> keep worshiping. Keep getting to church. Why? Because these things are going to help you to overcome the offense and overcome the bitterness. You know, look, we've all been offended. We all have, every one of us, even if we only held it for a week or a few days or maybe even a few hours. But we've all been there. I've been there. You've been there. But we don't want, it's going to happen, but we don't want to get stuck in this whole area of unforgiveness. Joseph's, Joseph, we all know about Joseph. We talk about him a lot in the Bible. He's a real champion. But he's a great example of this. You know, his brothers put him in the pit in the prison, all the stuff that happened to him. It teaches us that nothing people do to you can stop you fulfilling God's plan for your life. Hear it again. Nothing people do to you can stop you fulfilling God's plan for your life. I want you to clap at the next part. If you keep your heart right, now clap. Yeah. Because it will stop you if you don't keep your heart right. But if you, you can get through whatever it is. And about Joseph, you won't like this next part, so you can block ears if you want to. But when Joseph reveals himself to his brothers, he sends all the Egyptians out. Do you know why? He didn't want the Egyptians to know what his brothers and family had done to him. 
He didn't want, he, you know, true forgiveness protects the person who offended us. I knew you wouldn't like that part, so you don't have to clap to that point anyway. <laughs> you know, there's so many things that can offend us, so many different things that can offend us. I heard of an engineer in Australia. <laughs> he left this large church. Do you know why? Someone sat in his seat. Like, what? <laughs> it offenses you. You'll be surprised at what offends people. It's sometimes the smallest thing you think, are you offended about that? Well, it's often to do with their background, the history, or whatever they've had in their lives. And what many of us say, <laughs> here's our out. I'm not offended. I'm just hurt. I'm just annoyed. I have righteous indignation. No, no, you're offended. <laughs> Own it. Own it and get free of it. Get free of it. You know, when Jesus was dying on the cross, what did he say? I'll tell you what he didn't say. He didn't say, Father, don't forgive them. They know exactly what they're doing. That's what we want to do. Lord, I don't want to forgive them. They know exactly what they were doing. <laughs> Isn't that true? He said, no, no, don't go there. Father, forgive them, full stop. He actually goes further. They don't know what they're doing. You may not be able to go that far because sometimes we kind of think they did know. Anyway, that's another thought there. Just throw that in for extra measure. So <clears throat> I heard someone say this. We love singing our forgiveness songs. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Saved a rich eye, da, da 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 We love listening to our, reading our forgiveness scriptures. You know, there's so many of them. It's great to read. You know, he forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases. We love listening to forgiveness preachers. I'm one of them. We love attending forgiveness churches. Church Unlimited is one of them. We tell people, you know, God will forgive all your sins. And we, we, we love all that stuff. Then we see someone across the room that we don't like. And we harbor resentment and unforgiveness towards them. Our whole basis of our faith is what? Forgiveness. forgiveness. <laughs> it's forgiveness. It's, that's it. Take out forgiveness. We're all sunk. We're all sunk, friends. A lost eternity. It's all about forgiveness. God forgives us. We got to forgive others. End of story. Let's go home. We can't go home because we won't do it, all right? So we've got to keep on preaching until we get the message fully into our hearts and, uh, and get it through to us. Now, after we receive forgiveness, sometimes the person who offended us, we think now you've got to deserve your forgiveness, my forgiveness. You've got to earn it. Aren't you glad you didn't have to earn forgiveness before God gave it to you? So why do we ask others to earn it? Or else we say, I'll forgive you when you ask for it. You may be waiting the rest of your life while they're enjoying the sunshine in Hawaii, on Waikiki Beach, riding the waves. I mean, who knows what they're doing? And you, you're here suffering away, and they're free as a bird. Well, sometimes they are. So forgiveness is all about setting yourself free. And that's what, that's what I'm really preaching into today, right now. So 
I've got this in my notes here. Hmm. You might want to shut your ears again. You ready for this? Sometimes you have to forgive the same person every day for the rest of your life. Some of you know what, exactly what I'm talking about. You're going to say, how can I do that? Well, not in your own strength. It's going to be by the grace of God. You've got to get up every morning and say, Jesus, because you have forgiven me, I forgive so-and-so. Jesus, because you have forgiven me, I forgive so-and-so. You might have to do it every day for the rest of your life. But the grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit will help you to do that. We read in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 5. Love keeps no record of being wronged. Love keeps no record. That's interesting, eh? No record of being wronged. You know, record in Hebrew, <laughs> it's a financial term and actually means ledger, a ledger. Why do you keep a record? I, I qualified as an accountant and I understand all about ledgers. You know, you keep a record of everything. And, um, you know, some of us keep ledgers. Some of us keep record of the wrongs that have been done against us. Uh, people do it in marriages and eventually split. And marriage counselors will tell you, not that I'm one of them, <laughs> they say, you've got to fight fair. And so please don't say, you know, in 1998, you did this. The other person says, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. I remember you did it. It was on that day, 19, what did I say? 19, 98, <laughs> June the 23 at 7.15. You did it. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You get out the ledger and say, yes, here it is. I've recorded it. I know none of you do that. <laughs> we keep ledgers. We keep records of the wrongs that have been done to us. I want to suggest to you, Keep another ledger. Throw that ledger out. Forgive all those things on there. Keep a ledger of the blessings of God upon your life. Why don't you start writing them out one by one? List it right down one page. Start another page. Then Imagine if you did that every day of your life. Kept writing out all the blessings and the favor of God. You'd walk into the freedom and the liberty of the sons of God. You know? Who daily loads us with benefits. Load. You know, every, that's what the Bible says. Daily you're loaded with benefits in your life. Okay, so I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to talk for a few minutes about how to, to um, handle offenses well. How do you handle them well? Number one, stop rehearsing. Stop going over and over and over and over and over again. Now, I know you've got to go over it and get it out. And, you know, there's, there's healing and, you know, sharing a problem, shared problem. I understand all of that stuff. But Corrie Tim Boone, that great missionary, her sister was badly treated in the concentration camps. And she could not forgive. So she went to a pastor who took her down to a bell tower and got her to ring the bell. And as she rang the bell, it clang, clang, no, 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 no. Eventually it slowed down. She rang it again. Da, 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 kept ringing. And he said, um, when you forgive, you stop pulling the bell. You stop rehearsing it. Now, the bell will still clang for a while, but eventually it will stop. Stop rehearsing in your mind, going over and over. Let it go, and the bell, the offense will stop ringing so heavily in your heart. The second thing is... <laughs> 
I know this is tough preaching, isn't it? This is tough, but forgiveness is tough. That's why it's tough preaching. But it's all in the Bible. The second thing you've got to do is pray for your offender. (laughs) People are grasping for breath. I'm surprised no one fainted at that point. Matthew 5, 44. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Wow. There's another verse, worse than that one. Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Like what? <laughs> like you're telling me to do good to that rotten scumbag that did this, this, and the other? No, no, I would never tell you to do that. I just let Jesus tell you to do it. Do them good. You say, why would I do that? Because it's going to set you free. It's going to set you free. Sometimes you've got to go to the next level. You know, next to go beyond everything else, do something good to them, as hard as it might be, you know? And uh, it's going to set you free and bring you into release. The next one. Before I get onto that, here's a thought here that we've often talked about here. This is the upside down gospel. Everything's the reverse to what you think you should do. You know, so someone's offended you, you know. No, don't do that. It's not a good thing to do. No, no. The Bible, it's the upside, everything's upside down. You know, and I preach this a lot, don't I? You know, you want to receive, <laughs> give. You want to live, die. You want to reap, sow. You want to get over offenses, do good to your enemies. Do them good. Now you can work out, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you can ask God, pray, how, what can you do to, to basically in order to set yourself free? The next thing, the next thing you can do is to leave vengeance to God. Vengeance, revenge, revenge. It can be nasty. It can be really, really, I mean, there's some horrific stories of revenge that we won't even go into. Let me give you one that's a bit more, might, we might understand a little bit more. This judge. <laughs> so he's heading for his car park, and just before he gets in there, someone swoops in. Anyone ever had that experience? Yeah. Doesn't it make you mad? Yeah. Anyway, so what does he do? He parked his car in front of this other car and blocked him in so the guy could not leave for the entire rest of the day. That's sweet revenge. Revenge, we want to do that. But friends, if we want vengeance, God said vengeance is mine. And he will mete out vengeance if you forgive and let God. If you forgive and let God, then God will take care of this. There's a scripture for you on that. It's found in, where is it found? In Romans 12 verse 19. It says, do not take revenge, my friends. But leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Hey, look, you can rest assured God will deal with the offender. He'll, he'll do it. You, you don't, let you, don't you do it. <laughs> It'll ruin your heart. Just leave it in God's hands. Say, God, I just entrust this person into your hands and, and try not to wait for them to suffer. Just saying, it's not really the way to think as Christians. 
uh, even though we might be tempted to do that. So next, four, next thing is, and I've got just two more, this one and one more, say it out loud. Say it out loud. Get up in the morning and say, in Jesus' name, I forgive. Just let your ears hear the word. In Jesus' name, I forgive. Say it out loud. It will really help you. See, I'm just giving you steps of how you can forgive someone else. The next one is diligently guard your heart. Now, we've been talking about this, but Adrian and I were fortunate enough to go to a church uh, before we came on to being pastors. And one of the keynote messages of this great preacher, by the way, who's phenomenal, was, you know, in life, guard your heart. And this, this is what I'm preaching to you. <clears throat> we heard that in the early days of our Christianity. Do you know what? It's helped us ever since through our entire Christian walk. It has helped us. We've always known, don't go the way of unforgiveness. Don't go the way of bitterness. Don't go the way of anger. Do not guard your heart. And by the grace of God, for 40 odd years walking with God, we have guarded our hearts. We do not have bitterness within us. We're not after revenge for other people. We're not, there's no unforgiveness that we know of in our hearts. Guard your heart with all diligence. And finally, as I finish with this, a grace in the power of God. You know, this is probably the bottom line key. You've given you some practical steps, but as you go through the practical steps, what's, what you're going to experience is a grace in the power of God. You probably can't do this forgiveness thing on your own. In your own strength, it's probably too hard, but the grace of God is available. The power of God is available <clears throat> and you are able to forgive with God's help. Forgive and set yourself free. It's time, friend, to set yourself free. You don't have to suffer any longer with unforgiveness and bitterness. It cripples you. It makes you miserable. It makes you unhappy. It makes you awful to be around. The day has come and the time is now and the day is today. Today, before you leave this service, I want you to make a decision. I will forgive. Whoever it is, it might be two people, three people, four, I don't know how many, I will forgive them. It's time to forgive and set yourself free in Jesus' name. And everyone said...